The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many people today struggle with eating disorders. If you are one of the thousands of people who do, you may be experiencing feelings of overwhelm and isolation. You are not alone. Welcome to Chasing Hunger. Here you'll find out what you can do, where you can find the resources, discover the truths, and get the help you need to regain control of your life. Here is Kathy Welter-Nichols, author and host of Chasing Hunger. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to my show today on Chasing Hunger. I've got some really neat things planned for today, and so do pay attention as we go through our hour together, I'll be offering all kinds of little specials and some opportunities that you could uh, win some different things uh, along the lines of the areas that I work in, uh, different products I've put out, copies of my book are available in this little draw, and also I'm offering um, interactive conversations with, with clients and their family members too at no charge which is really kind of a neat thing. And uh, and you can even uh, enter this little contest I'm suggesting today uh, and win an hour consultation for yourself, for your family, for a loved one. So thank you for joining me and certainly joining me through these past weeks. We've had some terrific guests on. Uh, we've had some wonderful opportunities to look at the nature and the... Um, elements of an eating disorder, how it can subtly begin to take over someone's life, and how challenging it can really be to both identify and take actionable steps to make changes. I wanted to start off today really sort of looking at the family. What can a family do really? And it's not much different from treating any disorder um, where there is an addictive or compulsive component to it. And certainly these eating disorders evolve into that that way of, of being in the world. There is a compulsive energy to it. The thought patterns are never very far from jumping into that behavior. And it's triggered essentially through many of the behaviors, but as well the great lack of nutrient and um, rest, sleep is deprived, anxieties rise. So there are many areas in an individual's experience with eating disorders that in themselves begin to entrain this kind of behavior and it really does become a very isolated world. So I wanted to start off with maybe sharing some of the things that um, my families have shared with me. Uh, 
I think the families have an important role in recovery, and I think we do a disservice to the individual who's in recovery by not involving the family. I have always involved my the parents. I've involved significant others. Oftentimes, it may be a call from a husband or um, a life partner that raises the flag and says, look, this is going on. I've got to get some help because I can't cope with it alone anymore myself. And so sometimes waving those um, alert flags can really trigger a reaction in in your significant other. Uh, they could withdraw from you, feel betrayed. They could, you know, run and hide in the bushes kind of thing and say, I'm never going to do this again. And the whole behavior becomes very secretive and you're on, you're on the outside of that loop as well. So trust is really important, and I think the function of families in the recovery process is an absolutely um, key component for the individual's overall permanent recovery from it. A lot of times there's guilt and shame involved in it, and this has been one of the biggest areas that I find even for the family members. I've often seen my seen the moms of... of uh, of clients so steeped in guilt and shame they can barely even participate. I remember watching the Dr. Phil show one time and he had a young girl on who had anorexia and her mother wouldn't even sit up on the stage with her. She sat in the audience beside the the different uh, professionals that were there. Um, she just was so disassociated from what her daughter was doing and at a complete loss to try and help her. Now, this is a number of years ago, and it 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 is true that we very often will lay the blame for any of these kinds of behaviors at the foot of the mother, and partly because the mother on some level will say, yeah, that's I'll take that on. The reason that he, that she's doing this or he's doing that is because of me. And I think sometimes that kind of pattern will really get in the way of the recovery itself. So for moms and dads out there that um, that feel that way, feel concerned in that way, I just really suggest that you take advantage of the little um, suggestions I have here to contact me and 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 we can talk about that part and look at ways that you can help yourself stay stronger through this process as well. <clears throat> so eating disorders um, really reflect a very dysfunctional relationship with the self. Um, there's a lot of internal dialogue, uh, there's blaming, victimization, and on the other side of it, many people look at it as a self-hatred or, or self-sabotage process, but in actual fact, it's a reward system, and that's what the whole process is really about. So when we understand this, this sort of unique combination of um, blaming and finding fault and looking for, oh, well, her mother was like this or her, her sister had it or this kind of thing. When we understand that one in three people in North America and certainly in the Western world know someone with an eating disorder and that our diet systems today are a billion-dollar business, I share with you I read an article the other day on fasting and it suggested that if you can't fast two days in a row which is completely starve your body two six consecutive days in a row you could spread 
five days of the month, fasting one day a month over the week. And I'm just thinking how crazy that we would, again, look at restricting as a weight loss method. And that's what that was about. Suggested fasting for weight loss. Well, what does that do? It just sets up this belief inside yourself. Well, I starved myself for two days. I starved myself for for a whole day. Now I can eat anything I want. Not so. Your body will, over time, do much better with a consistent uh, approach to eating, where food is fuel and it's nothing more. This playing around with food and the reward system and the uh, restricting and and binging systems, they just get us into trouble. Overall, it depletes your metabolism. It slows things down, depletes um, the mind for its uh, needed nutrients. So these things are not always the way to go. And I saw that just yesterday on a, in a chat room. So these are some of the things I want to make available as awareness to the family members too. Is it sometimes this your children, your teens, your young people are into these chat rooms and you don't even know it. You don't even know that they're connecting with people that you don't know and certainly your child doesn't know. And I, I tend to think of 13-year-olds as children. They don't have the... Um, ability to connect whether or not this following this individual's advice or being in this chat room is actually going to be beneficial or not. And so you you have no control of that. You need to pay attention to where your kids are spending their time, not just in the outer world, but also in the world of technology. Parents really have the ability to um, see their children growing and and evolving and becoming the individual that they see in their mind. And sometimes they'll unfortunately set up this idea that if, if she doesn't do it perfectly, if she doesn't do it exactly the way I want her to do it, if she doesn't pick the right boyfriend, if she's not in the right class, if she's not doing ballet to the perfect amount, if she's not doing gymnastics, if she stops gymnastics, all these things, parents can suddenly go, what's going on here? You said you were going to commit to this and do this. And really through those teen years, they should be for experimentation, um, trying out all kinds of different things and not necessarily having to fixate and become the exception or the the perfect ballerina by the age of 15. <clears throat> so some of these areas where family members have a little bit more of a kind of a locked-in mentality or a, a locked-in structure, my child has to be this way um, because she... Re- represents an extension of the family, an extension of who we are or who we see we ourselves as. Some of these are just natural pushbacks from your teenager because they don't want to simply be a representation of mommy or daddy. They want to go out into the world and experience and find their own way, their own map. So family members, 
parents. I've spoken to grandmothers. I've spoken to husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends. I've spoken to partners. I've been involved with lots and lots of moms. And I would have to say, ultimately, your number one thing is to get out of your own way. If you think your child is struggling with an eating disorder, you need to step up. I know it might just be something that will go away, something that will pass. I don't have to do this. Um, Am I ringing those alarm bells too soon? No. If you can't get in front of them and really figure out what's going on here, the, the likely thing is you've got a bigger problem than you're really aware of. And so I'm offering you today, just contact me. You can get in touch with me on the show here. You can also get in touch with me by clicking into any of my, my links and contact buttons. I'm certainly available by email and also available to talk with you on Skype. Contact me. We can talk about it and we can figure it out and we'll do it together. I think relationships and eating disorders are also part of this challenge. We need to pay attention to our significant others. And if we're dropping those little comments, I just can't tell you how many girls have come to see me because their boyfriend has said to them, I really like thin women. I really like girls thin. It's not that you're not thin enough. He's with you. But all of a sudden is this suggestion that maybe you're not. We'll be right back as we continue our discussion on recovery and taking your life back from an eating disorder. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA Chasing Hunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1 604 421 1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at chasinghunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. You can find Kathy at waysofthewisewoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. (music) 
are listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. So, yes, welcome back. And do send me uh, uh, an email today and put in that title bar, Voice America Chasing Hunger, and you can get your name entered into the little draw that we're doing. And I have a number of different things that we'll be handing out, uh, sending out. So do contact me and uh, we'll be sure we get your name in that draw. So with parents and eating disorders, the situation that goes on here is there's really literally millions of children, adolescents, pardon me, and even young women that are suffering from these eating disorders. And with these even greater numbers happening today, parents are up against something they never anticipated they never they they don't understand it they don't know if it's true or not if it's real i met with uh, two parents uh, mom and dad came to meet with me one day and before i started the sessions with their daughter and the mom had a pretty solid idea that her daughter had bulimia. Her daughter had actually shared it with her a number of times. And yet still this family was nervous about what do we do? What do we do? Is it serious? Uh, we really don't know anything about this. And so finally the mom contacted me. I met with mom and dad. And the dad sat there and he looked at me and he said, this isn't real, is it? I mean, she's not really doing this, is she? She doesn't look thin. She doesn't look skinny. She doesn't, I haven't noticed any difference in my daughter. How do we know she's actually doing this? The daughter actually told them that she'd been using bulimia for a number of years. And the pattern was deeply entrained in her lifestyle. And still we had this deep denial from, you know, at least one of the parents that something was going on. He finally sort of acquiesced and said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll put her in for treatment. And I met with him another few times, and he actually went into some other group environments where um, his daughter had been involved in, in going in and talking to the, the group as a, as a therapy model. And he still was struggling with whether or not this was real. So it is a hard thing to accept that our our children could be involved in something like this. And so coming to this, knowing that it's kind of devastating for your kid is number one. For them to actually ante up and share with you that they, they've got this and they're, they're saying they have it, it really is down to you as parents to try and move in and help them. A lot of times parents will just reflect, well, yes, we had this in the family before, your mother, my mother. It's happened in other places. And sometimes this whole thing is just so surreal. And I I sort of liken it to this, that the daughter kind of invites a monster into your house. Unbeknowing to her, at the onset of it, it looked like it was going to be a good friendship. This little friend would help her get what she really wanted which is more acceptance, to be noticed, to be thinner, whatever she thought she might get from it. And so this invitation is extended without 
your knowing anything about it. And this little friend is now residing in your daughter's mainstay of her life. Lives right in her bedroom with her. Until that little friend starts to be grow, become the monster that it will eventually become. And it will consume your daughter's life, her spirituality, her soul energy. It will consume not just muscle and 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 flesh, but it begins to consume aspects of her personality. Eventually, it will move out into the rest of the house. And the family invariably tries to make nice with this invited monster. Let's placate it. Let's dance around it. Let's try and show it that we're not against it. Let's try and facilitate it. These are all going to simply make the thing stay longer. When we actually have something like this going on in the family, we have to invite it to the curb quickly. It cannot stay. It must end. And so this means that you step up and you're all focused on simply dealing with that part of it. Now we know inside of families when there's a member of the family that's got an injury or an illness. Um, One of the kids falls out of a tree and breaks the leg. Guess what happens? Mommy and daddy and all the rest of the siblings all rush to the aid of the individual that's had this harm happen until the recovery and healing has, has taken place. But in that period of time, all focus, all resources, everyone's time goes on that one kid until they've recovered. And this can happen with an eating disorder too. All the resources, all the focus, all the attention goes on the problem of the eating disorder and the person who's brought that into the house. So this can deplete resources in other areas of the family too. And it can start resentments. It can start out with uh, other little breakout um, dysfunctions in the family. Uh, older brother can get kind of ticked off that he's not getting as much attention or, or he's noticing that his younger sister, his younger sibling, is getting away with murder. Nobody corrects her on anything. Um, she's rude and mean to everybody and nobody says anything to her. Um, the rules in the family can change for a little while. And so these kinds of things can cause dissension, arguments, um, and, the, and then other things break out from there. Mom and dad start fighting about, well, the, the treatment's so expensive, and, and now we're running short of funds, and it's not covered on our insurance plans, and, and what are we going to do about all that? So this whole thing can snowball through the family. And then there is, of course, the other part of it of let's not tell everyone that our daughter has this, or let's disclose it to everybody. So the next family gathering, everybody's looking at her like she's got a green head. So there's always those balances in the middle of how are we going to navigate this. And it takes conversation. It takes building trust. It takes maintaining trust so that if you if you misstep, if you say something and you shouldn't have or something of that sort, rather than just sort of sloughing it off, oh, well, she'll get over that, you have to go back, sit down, and rebuild that trust. Apologize. I shouldn't have said that. 
A lot of my clients have shared um, different expressions that other people in the family members have said to them. Um, You know, grandma thinks that I eat too much. Everything I put on my plate, she has a comment about it. My mom just looks the other way. She won't say anything back to grandma. You know, and this kind of thing lets certain people in the family get away with this stuff. And it's not okay. So a lot of this needs conversation, discussion, um, and sometimes maybe you just have to put a boundary down with grandma. Either these subjects are off topic or, or you're not going to be able to be in, in our environment in the way you have been. And, and this too can set up additional stresses on family members. Don wrote in to speak to me about his situation and he says my wife has had bulimia for seven years she's five foot seven and weighs 95 pounds and she absolutely refuses to get help even though every one of her friends and family have encouraged her to do so so obviously everyone knows about it it's been discouraging over the past few years and she's actually getting worse if I mentally let go then I feel that I'm giving up on her. There's the guilt. If I keep tearing myself up about it, I feel like I'm just going to go crazy. What help is out there for spouses? How can you help a person that won't help themselves? These are really good questions, Dawn. And it's a challenging area of both help and letting go. Another husband came to see me on one of my presentations I was doing on the subject of eating disorders. His wife did not come with him. He listened to the whole program and listened to the Q&A part at the end. And there's a lot of um, professional people in the room who were talking about different areas of treatment too. And his wife had been into several programs, but she had found out they were basically studies and it didn't help her much and she felt like she was being picked apart and she just simply said she would not try again. That she was happy with her eating disorder and he should just accept it. So as he was getting ready to leave, he came up to me and he said, what can I do? And I said, well, take the information home that you've gotten here today. I had lots of handouts for everyone. And he took those home. And and I said, just leave them for her. And when she's ready, they'll be there. So several months had gone by. And all of a sudden, I got a call from him. And he was so excited. He said, she's ready. She's ready. She said, yes, to your program. And I'm bringing her by. When can we start? So we started as soon as we could. She came to see me for the three-day intensive. That's right. We work for three days together from 9 until 5 in the evening. And I provide all the food and the different things in between. But for the majority of the work we're doing in those three days, I'm using deep trance, hypnosis, and NLP. And we restructure and reframe. We work with every aspect of the eating disorder itself. She felt so supported in this program She opened up and shared things she'd never shared even with her husband. Things that no one else had ever heard before. And she'd never even given words to her feelings about her life. Over the course of the three days, she healed. She left without bulimia. And to this day remains free of it. And that was six years ago. 
Another of my mothers who brought her daughter to see me shared her gratitude over and over again because her daughter had recovered. And yet the family was still in a lot of turmoil. So we worked together healing some of the beliefs around the fear of her daughter perhaps gaining weight again. Those triggers are in place because the family fears if the loved one gains some pounds or gains weight, it could trigger the bulimia again. Invariably, the reality of it is anyone with an eating disorder has to want to recover. Just like these gentlemen's wives, they had to say, yes, I'm ready to take the treatment. Yes, I'm ready to commit to it. And once they do, working with the families in recovery as well is just one of my favorite aspects of this work because the healing is just so profound. The forgiveness work is so beautiful. And I really encourage you to reach out and find the help that you need to help yourself and your family. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. Hi, and welcome back. So we're continuing on with how do families cope? Because this is a big area, and I feel like it's the iceberg of the eating disorder itself. This area where the family is kind of hidden from the therapists themselves, hidden from the recovery centers, hidden from the problems. And it's so critical. How, how does a person cope with this when they never signed on for it in the first place? And they may not have any experience with addictions or addictions recoveries or dysfunctional behaviors that are attributable to some of these areas that the eating disorders affect. 
a young woman writes in saying, I wanted my husband to be involved in my treatment, but I'm afraid of being of his being disappointed. I know it's asking too much, but I need support in making some serious changes in my life, i.e. eating habits and helping me stay accountable. That's a tricky one. Holding yourself accountable is one thing. Asking someone else to help you is a setup for an issue. She writes on, I feel like I'm an alcoholic, asking my husband to stop drinking alcohol at home just because I've got a problem with it. It might have been easier if I had married a health nut, but my husband tends to be a bit of a couch potato, and I have to do the recovery work, but is it unreasonable to enlist his support by asking him to play a more active role? No, it isn't. And I, I do appreciate where you're coming from on this, but I have to say your number one thing is that no matter where you are or where you go, <clears throat> you have to be 100% accountable for mastering and caretaking of your health. When you can commit to your six small meals a day, <clears throat> balancing your blood sugar, eating the foods that are the proper fuel for your body, committing to doing what you need to do around your exercise model. And it doesn't have to be 10 hours on the treadmill every day. That's too much. So when you put yourself to the to the standard of your recovery program, it needs balance. One of the best pieces of advice I could give to, to this young woman is to really tell her, yes, engage your husband in your thoughts. But don't hold him accountable. Hold yourself accountable. And when you feel like you're comparing yourself to him, I'm watching you sit on the couch every day and you don't move your body, so it makes me feel like I need to move my body more, have the conversation with him. Because that can help you balance some of that internal dialogue that's judgmental and it's applied to yourself. And it can also engage him in in your recovery. Another gentleman writes in, My wife had a previous eating disorder and abused laxatives pretty badly. I've had a few clients that that did this too. And there's a real solid um, sort of anxiety around elimination. And if there isn't enough elimination, then they feel like, it's not working and they're afraid they're going to gain weight. So that's another area that needs to be really, um, there's anxiety around it and we need to collapse that anxiety and really kind of remove it and allow the body to come into a function where the bowel is regular. It's going to take a little bit of time. When you have overused a chemical to force the bowel to release everything every day and every bit of food you're eating. And when when he's talking about abused laxatives, let me tell you, one of the girls I worked with, she would take 180 laxatives in one, one go. This is a huge amount of chemistry going through your very sensitive bowel and it causes all kinds of damage. So he goes on to say, um, this was years before we met. However, today she informed me that she'd purchased laxatives and weight loss pills about a month ago and obviously didn't say anything. 
I'm glad that she finally came forward, but I'm afraid that she'll get more and not say anything. And he says, should I become the drug doctor here and look through everything of hers constantly? I believe that her telling me is more of a cry for help. And what are some of the good resources that people or people that she can talk to? She really needs to continue to deal with that belief strategy that's telling her laxatives are her way to maintain her weight or to lose weight. And that's going to take talking to somebody that's a professional. While she's owned up to you, Danny, the reality is that that she's told you about this one time. There may this is breaking trust. And when she breaks trust, she's breaking trust with herself too. And to regain trust, you need to step back and start fresh. And you need to come clean with that and say, look, when you do this, look what happens to my thinking. I begin to doubt you. I begin to worry unnecessarily. Another woman, Danielle, writes in, my mother's anorexia took center stage when my sisters and I were the ages of 7, 12, and 14. But But it had been developing for years before. She was hospitalized for a few months, um, only when she became incapable of getting out of bed. She was 75 pounds. She had some counseling then, but superficially, really, and she has continued to suffer from anorexia all these years, and now she's in her mid-70s. Our family still struggles with how to help her, but today I'm not writing about help for her. We've been there and done that for 35 years. I'm writing this post selfishly. Because I'm trying to find any resources and articles that can help me as a child deal with these issues that I need to work on. I've always felt that I knew how having a mother with anorexia had affected me. But now as a middle-aged woman, I'm recognizing that I carry around a lot of emotional debris from my own childhood experiences. That's the baggage of these eating disorders. And they are constantly crowding the family. They are secretive. They refuse to allow the expression of feelings. People struggle with how they feel in the moment. And then they can't acknowledge feelings or really share that with anyone. She goes on to say that In recognizing she's carrying around this emotional debris from her childhood, it's actually getting in the way of her relationships today. As a mother, as a sister, as a wife, there's so much being written about the parent of a child with anorexia, but not much that I can find about the child of a mother who had anorexia and this is another area Danielle that I just really reach out to you seek some help underneath all of this will be the processing of that emotional loss because really you're dealing with um, an addictive component a secretive component and it would rob you of some of the things you needed as a child It's not that much different from the elements of what we see in codependency. And for reference material, that's where I would direct you to have a look. Look at the material. You can Google it. Um, I've got lots of really good material on it. Contact me. I'll send it to you. Um, Codependency happens as a result of trying to get somebody else to 
stop being engaged with a pattern that is self-destructive and it is exclusive. It's it's exclusive and self-absorbed in their in their own sort of egocentric way. And you are not a part of it. So as a child, you wouldn't have gotten some of your needs met. <clears throat> Another chap writes in, my fiance has a binge eating disorder that's taken a great toll on our relationship. I was oblivious to it for quite a while. And now noticing that she's gaining weight again, I simply made some gentle nudges towards healthier decisions. However, I immediately hit the roadblocks and she's withdrawing from me. She's also shared that when she's when I'm away, she will eat until she feels sick. There are many areas of overlap between eating disorders from what I understand, but the most most of the articles seem to focus on anorexia and bulimia. Is there any specific guidance for families facing binge eating? And yes, there is. We can interrupt the patterns of binge eating fairly quickly and help people gain greater control over their emotional eating. And that is what it is. Because the binge eating often happens in secretive episodes, there's often a a greater desire to conceal the disorder from others. And so this can go on and extend it for longer periods of time than need be. In every one of these um, family cases, families are reaching out, looking for help too. And I feel like over my years of working in this area, it's been my constant area of focus is coming back into the family. We need the forgiveness. We need to forgive. We need to embrace the individual anew. And we also need to recognize that it is going to take time for this person to step back into their life. They're going to slip. They don't want to fail. They like to do things perfectly. When they make a mistake, they don't need to be reminded of it. Checking, checking, checking on all of their behaviors is a problem in itself, and that falls to you. So if you feel that that's one of the areas that you're overdoing it, that you're observing every little thing they do, every time they go to the washroom or or every time you need to leave the house or that you're still locking food up, These are areas where you need to do your work to forgive and release and deal with some of that anger that's under there. It will be there. There's a resentment. There's an anger because these kinds of monsters that end up living in our in our family environments consume resources not just physical food but they consume the resources of the emotional um, stability in the family they consume and and pour through emotions almost the same way the behavior of the anorexia works with food it's just churning it out and the individual with the disorder or, or using bulimia or anorexia is also caught in it. And they, they aren't able to cope with emotions themselves. So all of these little areas that are going on inside the family create a dynamic 
process that causes the individuals to literally run for the hills. And it can damage relationships permanently. Don't let that happen to your family. Contact me. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. Hi, and welcome back. So I really want to thank you all for your listening ears over the weeks we've been doing this program. It's really been amazing to to do it with you and to share this information and to bring this information out to talk about it. I want to share with you 10 ways families can help. These are my 10 top tips. Number one, learn about eating disorders. To begin, you can help your loved one by getting your own emotions under better control. Educate yourself about eating disorders and you'll most certainly feel a lot less anxiety and fear. Sometimes the unknown, the fear of it, frightens us the most. Number two, learn about treatment. What's available out there? Who should we talk to? Are medical providers our best Option, should we be looking to the psychology model? Is our child actually suffering physically and needs more attention right now than, than a, um, a therapy model could manage? There are many different places to go for help. And, and I want to say that with the rise of knowledge in eating disorders, more and more medical providers, uh, MDs, uh, doctors, while they may not have a lot of time, to spend with you in your three to five minutes when you're seeing the doctor, 
um, they are getting more conscious of problems with eating disorders. And because of that, they are actually able to offer uh, more resources, more understanding, better information to give your MD a, a chance. Um, and for for you that might have an eating disorder, if you're going to see your MD or into a clinic even because you have a stomach ailment or diarrhea or, or something else has gone on, disclose the full problem. They cannot help you fully if you do not. They're looking at a young, healthy person sitting there with what looks like irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and they be, may begin to treat something like that when in fact it's a completely different issue. And it isn't going to go away, not without you getting involved in commanding that treatment that you need to step away from an eating disorder permanently. <clears throat> Number three, really do seek professional help. Don't try to deal with this problem alone. Find out what needs to be done. Contact somebody. Talk about it. doesn't mean you have to do anything. It does mean, though, that you're making an effort to get some more information. Help yourself. Help your family. If you as family members are looking for uh, treatment that's available near you or uh, what might be possible, get in touch with people that are in the area that do this. You'll find them online. You certainly can look for them just searching on eating disorders on Google. Uh, There's thousands of people that are in the field now that are able to help you. Help your loved ones recognize that this is indeed a problem. People cannot begin to change their beliefs and behaviors until they admit they actually have a problem. If your loved one actually is is indicating to you they have an issue or a problem in this area, it has been going on much longer than this initial disclosure. They haven't just started it. They're reaching out to you for help because it's getting a bit scary. They're experiencing health problems, health issues, and they're not sure what this means. Ask deeper questions. Take your time. Let them talk. Listen. If they get upset and need to leave the room, say, fine, I'll sit right here until you're ready to come back. And stay there. If they're not back in five minutes, go and seek them out. Come on, we're going to finish this conversation. You can't force someone to talk their way through something, but you can sit there and be with them. Reach out. Number five, have that meaningful communication. And that means you're going to set up a trust environment here. You want to be able to say to them, look, you're you're safe with me. Share with me what's going on. We'll only take the actions that we both agree to. Set up a trust agreement between the two of you. And if their health is seriously at risk, then you'll have to say to them, on some level, you have to trust me as an advocate on your behalf. And you'll have to engage at that level. And sometimes that's pretty scary for the person with an eating disorder too. So take your time. Number six, interact in ways that you do not center on the eating disorder, not exclusively. There's other things going on around it. Allow them to know that you love them, that you care for them. Not just when they're doing well with food or when they're gaining weight, 
but identify ways of expressing your affection for them at all times. Number seven, develop a support network. Find people that you can talk to. Don't talk to your kid about this or your significant other. You have things you need to share, and they're much more significant than that person can handle hearing. Think of them as emotionally depleted, and they really need your support. So you need to get your support elsewhere. Contact me. That's what I do. Number eight, be a good role model. Be a good example with food. Be a good good example when you're discussing food. Number nine, don't blame yourself. Just don't. Take ownership of your own weaknesses and the things you need to improve on, but don't blame yourself. Let go of that guilt and blame because that's not going to help anyone, and it certainly isn't going to help the person with the eating disorder. Number 10, take care of yourself and become a patient yourself. I often think of that... Airline attendant recommending you put the face mask on yourself in the event of the depletion of oxygen in the cabin pressure before you start helping someone else. If you are overworked, if you are stressed, if you have things going on in your life, if you're struggling with your own issues, you need to maximize self-care in order to support someone with an eating disorder. You need to know what boundaries are. You need to understand the levels of codependency and how you get hooked into this support that isn't healthy, isn't helpful. These are all areas that you can help your loved one. Now today, I am again extending my offer of contact me and win copies of my book, copies of MP3s, copies of my card set, I have sets of all of these to go out to successful winners. And all of those of you that have sent in emails and different things over the, um, and contacted me over the course of my program here, your names are going into the draw. So do contact me at my email address that's here on, on Voice America, and your name will go into that draw. And one winner one family will win the top prize of an hour's consultation with me on Skype, one-on-one. We'll talk through, we'll create a strategy, we'll look at the problems, and I will help you figure out steps to do, whether it's for yourself or for a loved one or for your family. Contact me. I'm here And the things I do help people recover, help people take their lives back from an eating disorder. Some of my family members and and people that have, have come to me over the years have shared with me how they just really don't know how they ever could have gotten through it without some of the things that we did together that we figured out to do together. So over the course of our time together, we have certainly covered a lot of the material. Um, We've looked at different ways. We've had some wonderful guests on. And those guests are always there available for replays. Uh, Their contact information is in all of the streaming radio programs that are on there. And you can click on any of them at any time and listen to it. And you'll always be able to find my information here on Voice America. It's been a pleasure 
to be part of this. It's been a pleasure to be an advocate for you who is who has been working your way through recovery from an eating disorder. And congratulations to those who have taken up the challenge and decided that they were going to recover from an eating disorder and take back their lives. And they've done so. And they've kept me informed as how they're doing too. And some of them have done it just from the book itself. So I wish you all the very best and all the very best in your recoveries. You can do it and only you can do it. Bye for now and thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for Chasing Hunger. Be sure to tune in again next week for another edition featuring your host, Kathy Welter Nichols. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.